several times a year, we have scores of people that are ready to work and, and want to work. You don't go through a training after you've been, you know, kind of knocked down and knocked down and knocked down. You don't go through a training and graduate and not want that job at the end. Welcome to another episode of Pod County. I'm your host, Kyle Grantham, and on today's episode, we're going to talk with Kathy Konevsky. She's the president and CEO of the Food Bank of Delaware. Now, you may have some idea of what the Food Bank of Delaware does. Obviously, when you see a lot of these large food distribution events, that's what the Food Bank is probably most well-known for. But the Food Bank has a number of programs that are really impacting a number of lives around the state beyond being able to put food on the table. They've got a fantastic workforce training program that helps people in need uh, find a new career path. And they also have programs that are designed to stop food going into the dumpster and make sure it gets to those in need. So Kathy's here to tell us a little bit about what the food bank has going on right now and talk about their new expansion into southern Delaware. They have an amazing facility in Newark, but a new facility getting ready to open in Milford. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Pod Count. of Pod County. I'm your host, Kyle Grantham, joined today by County Executive Matt Meyer and Food Bank of Delaware President and CEO, Kathy Kineski. How's it going? It's going great. How are you doing today? Good, good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Matt, I think you were pretty excited to do this. You had a, a It's the best food bank in the country. They When they cut a ribbon on their Lake Drive facility uh, two, three, four years ago, there was someone from National Food Bank Alliance here, and I just kind of took her side. I said, okay. I drink the Kool-Aid on Food Bank of Delaware. I think it's amazing, but you see them all over the country. Tell me honestly what you think. And she's like, this is the best, without missing a beat. She's I'm not going to argue with it. And I will agree with that because I'm new to that, so I can actually say that without sounding biased. So, Kathy, you, you've been president and CEO of the Food Bank almost two years? Yep, two years Be- in May. Before that, had not worked. I've never been employed by the Food Bank. Why? No. So I, um, I have a, a long history of nonprofit leadership, um, and, but always had been very involved with, um, with mission organizations that I had personal experience with. I worked for years for March of Dimes, and then Autism Speaks, and then the Children's Hospital, which if you think about my personal experience and that connection, I have three children. My twins were born four months early, spent their first four months in a NICU, so that, that, that totally lines up with the March of Dimes. They were both diagnosed with autism. So I ended up going into Autism Speaks, and then I worked there for six years before I came to the Nemours and, and ended up um, at a children's hospital. And I did not even think, if you would ask me, you know, where do you see yourself in five, year, five years? I would have never set a food bank, absolutely never. The reason I ended up there was a good friend of mine um, and yours, and he will rename nameless today unless you want me to say his name, actually uh, helped me decide as I was looking for what's next I woke up one morning and I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't feel the passion and the purpose in my life. And I was looking for that. And somebody asked me if I had seen that the food bank was looking for a CEO. I said, no. He said, how about, how about that? Why don't you look into that? And I said, I, I don't think so. That doesn't sound like it's for me. So the, the person that kind of helped me see that said, why? And I said, I've never been food insecure. And he said, stop. 
and you tell me the day that you knew what the next day was going to bring with all that you've had in your life, you tell me the day that you knew what the next day was going to bring. And that did it for me because that is the essence of the people that need the food bank, whether it's for food, whether if it's a second chance for training, whether it's because you've had a, you know, a, a two or three year period where you have a disability and nobody to help you out in the workforce. We are doing so many things at the food bank that give people hope, and that's, that, that's what I'm about. Let, let's talk about the need. First, first of all, thank you, Kathy. Mm -hmm. Thanks for taking on this leadership responsibility, doing amazing work. What's the need in, in Delaware? As you said, uh, hunger is not something m many people think about every day, but a lot more people think about it than, than we realize. A lot of our neighbors t do have empty stomachs. A lot of kids go to bed at night not having eaten a wholesome dinner. That's right. Too many, too many. So one in 10 in Delaware is, is hungry. Um, and that's, you know, we're a small state. I often say, I, you know, I love the idea to pilot programs because you can pilot something and test it out and see if it works and then reel it back if it doesn't and keep it going if it doesn't. And a state like Delaware, as small as we are, gives us the opportunity to pilot all the time. So we have people that, that need food. We know that. We, we call that food for today. And we have so many different programs that we actually get people food whether it's them coming to us in our healthy pantry centers, whether it's, you know, you've seen on the news, I hope, uh, you know, I hope it's not forever, but, but you've seen cars lined up at our, we call them our mass food distributions, one per county, uh, once per month, and we're, we're picking back up um, and having to do that again. We thought we were going to be able to scale that back, but again, talk about pilots. Not, not You're saying scale right it now. back started during COVID, and you thought as the virus dissipated and people went back to the regular lives, you'd be able to reduce that, and you're saying you haven't Correct. seen it. And what we wanted to do, and we are doing, is to transition that to other ways. So we have, we have a home delivery program that actually people can go online and register, and we deliver the, the food right to their door. And to me, that's a more respectful and a more convenient way for so many people that need food to get it. And we thought we would be able to not necessarily be in the huge parking lots with three hours worth of, you know, cars just waiting to get food. But we, we realize that's not, we're not able to do it all in one way. So we're, we've gone back to the, the mass food distributions. You'll see them through the end of the fiscal year with a lot of help from the state to help us um, purchase that food to, to be able to get that food into, into the trunks and go home. But the, the home delivery program is, is soaring. We do a backpack program, which is humbling and sad to think that a child goes home on a Friday and might not eat until Monday because they're not in school. So our backpack program is thriving, and we work with Head Start now. So, uh, Kathy, if yeah. I'm listening right now, and my family is hungry, and I want my kids in the backpack program, what do I do? You actually go... Go on our, on our website, so that's just fbd.org. And if you don't have access to the web or a computer, stop by your local library, and you can go Very in your good, local good, library. Very good, good, good point. But honestly, most of our backpack programs are through the school. And when you think about stigma and you think about a child that doesn't want the other kids in class to know that they need food, it's a really, really cool way that we do it. We partner with someone in the school that's actually identifying the families that need the service. The backpacks go to that school. They go and they're packed and clear. And I know you know this because you've you've helped to pack those bags at, at our food bank in, in Newark. Those bags go into the backpack and go home with the child. So the if you need help, 
the best way to do to get it is to actually work with your school to see who in your school is helping to run that program or contact the food bank and we can make that connection for you. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing those massive, I mean, not just seeing, we were at a number of them volunteering or covering during the pandemic, those massive food distribution events. And to hear that that's still a need is, is really shocking. It is. And the reason is because, you know, a couple things. I love when people say the pandemic is over. You know, really? I don't think so. I don't know that the pandemic is over yet. We're getting to a new normal, and that new normal now includes higher food prices. It includes higher gas prices. It still includes maybe people having um, have their, their family turned upside down, and they're still not getting back to where they were. And then as of March, those that are relying on SNAP benefits, that went back to where to pre-pandemic amounts, and that's not that's not helping anybody um, right now. So we are, we're helping them stay whole. We're helping them put food on their table. Yeah, I think there's this perception because unemployment's so low, and you hear there's like four jobs for every every American, and you know, okay, well everybody's got to be in a good position now. But like you said, a lot of these programs that were keeping people stable are phasing out, and they're putting people back. Either maybe they needed the food bank before, and then and then the extended benefits help them they didn't but now they need them again or or vice versa they you know have been in these positions where they've lost a family member they, they have a different employment status or prices are too much right and yeah. and so you know i think it's kind of out of sight out of mind for a lot of people but it's very much still a real real need in the community and what you guys are doing is, is fantastic well thank you and I, I will say one of the reasons that um claire from feeding america probably made that comment is we don't we like to say we we provide food for today and food for tomorrow and so the food for tomorrow is unique um, among food banks in the country. There, we're not the only one doing all of this, but we are one of a few. And we do workforce development, so we do culinary training for people that need a second chance. It's not somebody that can just you know, go to the University of Delaware and sign up for a class. People coming out of prison, keep people who have been uh, addicted, it, all kinds of different reasons that they're finding themselves down and out and need hope. And so that culinary program has been running in, in Delaware for years. We just added the kitchen school. So it's a parallel program, a culinary training as well, partnering with the Delaware Restaurant Association specifically for people with intellectual disabilities. So they will graduate with uh, a different kind of accreditation and they will actually be able to get a job in, in any of the food service industries in Delaware. So it's not just restaurants, and, and obviously we're working with the Restaurant Association, but one of our uh, graduates got, got a job in an elementary school kitchen. So now we're working with the Department of Education. And that, that is another way to help just a huge population in Delaware that needs that support. And then uh, we also have Logic, which is our uh, logistic and ware warehouse training. That's our training. We also provide WIC education. We provide standby me financial coaching. We help people with benefits outreach. So we, we do so much to help people not just have a meal on their table today, but help them figure out how they can be empowered to have food on their table for their family forever. Using food as an entree to really address all the needs of vulnerable populations. Yep. Yeah, I think when you know, you really think about it, it's beyond just food for the body, you're really working on food for the soul, right? And Joe Biden talks a lot about like what having a job means to someone. It's it's not a paycheck. Correct. It's a sense of purpose. And, you know, if you work in the food service industry, you certainly understand the challenge it's been hiring and, and staffing and 
you know, maybe you aren't aware that the food bank could be a resource for your employment needs. You know, they, you guys are training. We, we went to a graduation. There was, what, maybe a dozen or so in that one that we went to? I don't know, it was maybe last year? Yep. Yeah, several a year. So we, and we have at least, right now we've got a class of 13, I believe, in Newark and 11 in Milford. Um, everybody graduating together. It's going to be a really nice big graduation in just a few weeks. And then, like I said, the, the kitchen school is, is graduating and growing um, more. So we, several times a year, we have scores of people that are ready to work and, and want to work. You don't go through a training after you've been, you know, kind of knocked down and knocked down and knocked down. You don't go through a training and graduate and not want that job at the end. Mm-hmm. So that's the other piece th- of this. I think um, we teach life skills along with cooking. It's not just about knowing how the, to make those five mother sauces or whatever, whatever the skills are. It's really about how to get there on time. And when you know? I talk to and interact with the, 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 the um, students and the graduates of your program, it's almost like a family. There's a great deal of allegiance to each other and to Food Bank as an institution. Yeah, and it's, it's wonderful to see. I, I, don't, I now can't even tell you how many graduations I've been part of in just two years, but that is the theme always. You see these folks come and they're, you know, maybe not as trusting as, as they are at, towards the end for a lot of reasons, but the bond that they, you, we watch it. We watch that bond form, and by the time they, they leave and they graduate, they've got a, a source of support within each other that's really kind of cool. And you have some extraordinary instructors. Whoa. I'm a former te- Teachers make the program, right? Yes. Some great, great teachers. Yes, and um, they have they have an extra special something if mm-hmm. they're not just teaching yeah right they're they're helping somebody really make a difference in their lives yeah great so you're not the food bank of lake drive you're not the food bank of newcastle county you're the food bank of delaware That's you right. for years i believe started in wilmington 42 43 years ago um moved out built a big facility in on lake drive in newark five-ish years ago, yep, probably opened in 19, yep. that I was told by, th- by um, the Food America individual was among the best in the country. Y- you now are doing something similar down in Milford. We are. So um, when you look at our distribution, over 16 million pounds, which I, I kind of chuckle when I talk about pounds of food because who can fathom that? 16 million pounds annually. Yes. I eat a lot of ice cream, but 16 <laughs> right. million pounds kind of... And that's usually by the pint per quart, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Maybe a half gallon. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, so we have half of our distribution is in the southern part of the state. So you can literally draw a line, and Newcastle County is almost equal to half of what we distribute. And we've been operating with our headquarters in Newark and then a 16,000-square-foot facility in Milford compared to 80,000 where we are now in Newark. Um, we are building, and you can see it on our Facebook page, on our website, if, you, if you're curious to see the progress, we are building a almost 70,000 square foot uh, facility and it's needed and it's needed to actually serve the whole entire state better once we are up and running and effectively serving from that facility the southern part of the state it will take the stress off our our Newark facility as well and it'll allow us to do everything better. Most people listening buy their food you're giving away food for for free Mm -hmm. for people that need it how do you fund all this? Great question. Uh, we, we do an awful lot of fundraising. We, 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 we approach every single facet of fundraising there is. So that means the individual donor that wants to do a food drive in their neighborhood all the way up to government funding. Um, and we received uh, $6 million last year from the bond 
state government state funding. government yeah mm -hmm. and and we've approached you know all the counties and all the all the state again for ARPA funding and so that's our federal and state opportunities but then our corporate community and our individual donors in Delaware are like no other they are just incredibly generous and and we could not do it without partnership like like we have here you mentioned this new facility, I think, before we got on. You're building this debt-free. We're hoping. So <laughs> good <laughs> from your lips to God's ears, right? We are. It's a $34 million project, and we are within about $7 million at this point Whoa. that we know that, you know, is coming in or is in, and we've got some opportunities ahead of us for that, that last that last $7 million. So it is our hope when we open and we cut the ribbon in November and we are open right before Thanksgiving, which is just going to be perfect, that we are going to be debt-free. Got a spare $7 million out there. Yeah. yeah. Anybody Anyone. Anyone. Or, or a spare 100 whatever. Uh, or, or, yeah, or a spare 20 right? Yeah, exactly. It, it all helps. Pennies make dollars, they say. That is something with interest rates high, lowering the debt burden on all of us Yeah, is uh, impressive, and we want our contributions to the food bank to go to delivering food, not to... To interest payments ultimately. Yeah, so sure. now's the time Absolutely. for people to step up. And if anybody's interested, fbd.org. All the information's right on our website. So Kathy, as you look into the future, talk food food for now, food for the future, where do you see a growing need? Where do you see the services? Obviously Milford's gonna be a big change for you guys, but where do you see your services going as we move into the future in this new facility? You know, it's a great question because I think if, if anybody asked us that four years ago, we would have had a really, really different answer. So who knows? Who knows what tomorrow's gonna bring? I keep saying Amazon did not deliver my crystal ball yet, so <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I, I I hope I hope that we're getting to a point where we're going to start to level off and people are going to be able to be um, not working two and three jobs just to try to put you know make ends meet and put food on the table. Until that happens, we'll be there with food. I, I would love to see the shift that we're a little bit more about the food for tomorrow um, in the next several years that we're really helping people gain the confidence and their and accountability and empowerment to to really you know make their lives better. And we'll be there for them for that, too. We're, we're, we're there for anything that they need. The food bank started because restaurants, supermarkets, I'm asking you, had leftover food. I'm trying to remember the origin story. And a, 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 a few women got together and said, "This is we have extra food and we have a hungry people. Let's connect the two. Yeah, and that's, that's an interesting twist, too, because I don't, uh, for those that haven't heard, we just launched a new program called 302 Food Rescue, which is a little, you know, it's, it's the same old thing, right? So we've got restaurants that, that at the end of the day, yeah, they have, they have food that, that they can't, um, they'll either throw away, you know, or they, or they can give away. For the food bank, that's a little bit difficult for us because that's not something that's perishable and it's not it has to go through some mm -hmm. safety regulations. But we're partnering with supermarkets and corner stores, and so the, the, the we get calls from our partners throughout the state that say, you know, we have X number of boxes of of whatever, whether that be produce or meat or whatever, to come pick up because two or three days from now we're not going to be able to sell it. We go get it, but not we, not we, Kathy, not we, my staff. We are volunteers. Hmm. So it's a simple app, 302 Food Rescue, and you would get notifications on your phone that, an, a, that a grocery store in your neighborhood has a pickup. You go to pick it up, and then the food bank lets you know where to take it. So it's not even coming back to us. It's going from 
the grocery store to the partner throughout the state. We have over 700 partners, wow. food closets, and it gets that food to a, to a family instead of the trash can. And hats off to all the restaurants and supermarkets and, and little corner groceries that participate along with, I know the restaurant association you mentioned with the job training, yep. incredible partners. Yeah, I don't know how you do it without partnership. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it takes a village. Yep, no absolutely. Doubt. That's an unbelievable program. I, I, you see on social media a lot of times, you know, people will do these like ex- expose. I went back to the dumpster behind Walmart and look at all this stuff that's thrown away, and it, it, it and then you see documentaries too about you know ugly fruit, you know, just right. goes right in the trash, and it's fantastic yep. to know that, that we've got a program at least here that's that's taking care of that. Yeah, and we're blossoming new programs all the time. Just last week, someone from Sharing Excess. I don't know if you've ever heard of that organization. Same kind of a thing with produce. So we are open and ready and willing to partner with anybody that wants to partner with us to make life better for somebody else. Can you take me back a little bit to like January of 2020? What what would your path have been? And are you kind of thankful you're going the way you're going now? Like how did the pandemic force you guys to become the food bank that we see now? That's a great question. So I personally wasn't there, um, but but my one of the selling points for me to join this team was the team that was there. They are... they. The, the folks that, that were a part of that leadership team during that time, I don't think have ever been tested as much, and I hope they are never tested that much again. Because they become, you know, the rest of us sat on our couch and watched TV and waited until, you know, we could go outside or go somewhere and see people. Um, the Food Bank of Delaware staff were frontline people just like doctors and nurses. They were essential employees and they figured out how to get food out there. So they, they actually, that's when those mass, and I say that and nobody can see my air quotes, but the mass food distribution, we call it that for a reason. We do a lot of mobile pantries and other things that aren't, aren't to that scale, but they had to go out and do those huge events where people would line up and, and the first couple, from my understanding, we closed down I-95 and we have people mad at us, you know, because they were trying to get from point A to point B and we were in the way. But we were in the way because people needed us. And that's a huge, um, a huge memory for so many of, of my colleagues. And think that if you, if you take those days and, and wait, and maybe we didn't have COVID hit us and we had just moved into a brand new building, there was a seven year plan to grow into that building. There was a seven-year plan to utilize all of the warehouse space, and we filled it up in months. And we filled it up in months, again, because the Food Bank of Delaware was there with space and with the staff, and I will continue to say that, because they're the heart and soul of the people that I have an opportunity to work with every day is just like no other, um, and the determination. But we actually, because we had the space, we were able to become a hub in the region so other food banks that didn't have that warehouse space and couldn't accept the food that started to come at us, we became the ones that said we can take it. And we took it from the government. We took it from USDA. We took it from restaurants and distributors. You know, Purdue was a hu- is a huge partner, is a huge partner. But think about when they weren't able to get, they weren't selling food in grocery stores mm-hmm. because nobody was going to a grocery store. Um, restaurants were closed. So all that food that had been ready to go somewhere came to the food bank. So it kind of uh, really kind of pushed fast forward on our, 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 our team, our operations, to be able to utilize that space in a really effective and efficient way. Now, now here we are. We're still filled. That, the, that you don't walk through that warehouse and say, oh, wow, look at that empty spot. It's not. Um, and I think that's the, the kind of 
I don't know if it's sad or, or exciting or, or a little bit of both. It's, you know, sure. I say humbling and rewarding. We can, we can meet this need that people in the state have. And that's a, that's a pretty powerful thing to say. It's tough being in, you know, a nonprofit field that you wish you didn't have to exist, right? You know, the Food Bank of Delaware, something like the SPCA, you know, we wish every animal had a home, we wish every, every home had food. So I agree, yeah, that is kind of like a double-edged thing. You see, you've got a full pantry, that's great, you can meet the need, but it also means that need is still very much omnipresent. It is. And we see more and more and more, um, right now, we call them the working poor. You know, I don't know if that's a, a great term. I don't know that I'd want to be considered that, but the working poor means people that are working and doing everything they possibly can, maybe two or three or four jobs sometimes, just to put food on their table, and they still can't. And that that's sad. So we, we you know, I hope that we're not there in four years. Yeah, well, and we talk about that with the Hope Center, too. You know, the uh, majority of the residents of the Hope Center are working, mm-hmm. but they're not, they're, they're underhoused. They're not making enough to handle the increased cost of housing that has certainly exploded. I think it was it was a hot market before the pandemic. It became a scorching market right. after the pandemic and certainly didn't help uh, with rents or mortgages or, or anything. And now, of course, interest rates being what they are, it's, it's crazy. That certainly, right, that if, if you can't afford to pay rent or you can't afford to pay mortgage, you know, that's going to trickle into your food security as well. Absolutely. And that's another cry for partnership in the state. I, I sat at a table with folks from other food banks at a, at a conference last year and heard someone talk about starting to build a, a housing community in their, with their food bank. To me, that's not our lane. Somebody else is doing housing, so why don't, why don't we partner and make sure that we're making sure that their housing is there when somebody is ready for, for a house? When, you know, when so take somebody that... I have a perfect story, and it's a real story, of a, a young man who came to us for food um, in 2021, I guess it was. He came, he and his partner had both lost their jobs. They have small children, and they somebody said, hey, go to the food bank for food. He actually came to the food bank for food, but he went in the wrong door. And he was telling this story at graduation. And he said, you know, I went in the wrong door, and somebody said, you know, can I help you? He said, I came for food. And he said, well, you need, you know, go around to the other side of the building. And he said, I happened to look down and I saw a flyer. And the flyer was advertising the culinary training. And he said, is that something I can do? And they said, of course. So he takes the flyer and he's telling this story at graduation. I said, hey, tell me that you went around the the corner and got food on your way home. And he said, I didn't. He said, you didn't? No, I wanted to get home really quickly and make sure that I got into the class. So he skipped food to go home and register to be. And here he is graduating. He's had a job um, for two years. He, he and I stay in touch, and he reached out recently to say that he needs, it's a seasonal restaurant. His hours have been cut back. He was looking for help again to figure out how, and, and, and to, to Matt's point, um, our, our executive chef is, is involved in, you know, forever. So he helped to make a couple of connections, um, but he doesn't have a car. Mm. And that, he had a job that, at a restaurant that was walking distance, and this is now... Two years later, after having so much going in his favor, he's back saying, how am I going to make it? And, uh, you know, so transportation is huge. We see that all the time, especially in our, our southern part of our state. You know, people with those the restaurant uh, uh, opportunity there, but no transportation. And housing is too expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not changing in the southern part of the state either. No. Right? You know, I think we, so many people live up here, obviously, and, and it's definitely the densest 
bit, but you know, downstate, most of it's a lot of new construction coming up, and the demand is so high for yep. new construction too. It's yeah, it's a sad challenge everywhere. It is. Yeah, it is. But sure. again, I think you know, and I, I, I will say this till I'm blue in the face that I think Delaware has an opportunity to do things differently and better. We're small enough to make things happen differently, and shame on us if we don't. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I mean. I could talk to you for another 30 minutes, but that, that really feels like a great like <laughs> note to end on. Thank you. I will say one, one more thing, though. G- please. The week before May 13th, look in your mailbox, because every mailbox in, in the state of Delaware is going to have an orange bag branded by Discover, um, and that's our stamp out hunger is that Saturday, May 13th. Fill that bag up with food. Just don't put glass in there, but anything else, put that food out, and our postal workers will pick that up. And that's another great way for people to help. So watch out for that coming. Saturday, May 13th. Yep. Mark your calendar now. You guys also do some other stuff the bus? Oh, yeah. We do stuff the bus. We're, we're, uh, yeah, we do. Strikeout Hunger is getting ready to start with with Purdue and Shorebirds. Yeah, we, we, we have, we're, we're, I, I can't keep up with everything we do. So, <laughs> so if I if I am like, you know, okay, right now I've listened to the podcast, I've, I've been called to action, fbd.org, is that where I should go, or good. Facebook, or? Uh, either, uh, LinkedIn, any any of the social media channels, but if you're, if you're really trying to find out how to get somebody that will help you figure out how you can help, email me, and that's cknefsky at fbd.org. You're, I hope you get a few emails at I least. I do too. I welcome it. From a elected official's point of view, we are constantly bombarded with the needs of the community, legitimate needs, and you often look at the budgets and wonder how are we going to pay for all this without organizations like the food bank. I don't know how we would do what we would do. So many more people would be hungry and in a really, really rough place. And so I have a tremendous deal of gratitude for Kathy, for you personally, the decisions you made and what you do, your whole leadership team, that the amazing staff at the at the food bank i caught one of them the other day without a tie-dye shirt on i want you to know i think it was the first time um, I, I lifted that that they don't all have to wear tie-dye oh you lifted anymore. that yeah. uh <laughs> that edict yeah um and, and also all the partners as i said financial partners individuals who step up with completely generous donations who do it simply because they don't believe our neighbors here in delaware should go hungry right and partners like you. So thank you for all that you do. And on behalf of the, the Food Bank of Delaware, we couldn't do it without the Newcastle County and all of your team as well. Well, thank you, Kathy. And, and to echo the county executive's uh, sentiments, just thank you so much for coming in and talking with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.